When the cameras aren't rolling and the spotlight is off, what are your favorite celebs really like? This is Buck the System, the podcast that peeks behind the curtain, under the covers, and brings you along as host Buck Gritano exposes real reality. We started with the captains of the smash hit TV show Wicked Tuna. How cool is that? And every time we buck the system, we have an awesome time doing it. So now, let's have some fun. You ready? Buckle up and let's go. Everybody, welcome to Bucking Around with Buck Rotano, a new podcast, same format, but new podcast. Uh, you can hear me now, right? Yes, sir. Okay, okay, make it slow. I can do the cuts and stuff like that. Uh, welcome to Bucking Around, and my guest today was a local staple of my community for many, many years. Heartbreaking last year when this COVID really hit us and everybody was hurt. This guy was hurt. His family was definitely impacted by the COVID virus. Crom was a gym, a fitness, a culture, a part of Rockaway Beach on 92nd Street, right down Elegante right there. It was just, my son did uh, jiu-jitsu with you. Let's bring on Chris Romulo. What's up, baby? How you doing, man? Long time no speak, man. Yes, sir. What's up, Buck? How's it going, man? Uh, I don't know, man. It, it's it's been a different world uh, since the COVID. I mean, now I feel more comfortable. The mask, people are getting vaccinated and stuff like that. Uh, I don't know if people want to talk about the vaccination, if you're into that or not into it, if you got it or didn't. Uh, that's like kind of like bringing up politics, politics or religion. You really don't want to get into that. Uh, but anyway... Uh, I, last year was definitely heartbreaking. You had the podcast going. You had everything. It seemed like was, it seemed like it was rolling real well for you guys, man. Um, I hate to bring live it, live it and bring it back. Uh, you, first of all, you got to bring back the podcast. I loved it. You got to bring it back, man. I, I, I'm sure a lot of people out there. You're doing something now on Facebook, which is a group helping men with fitness, uh, champ up. You are the champ. Uh, more, you did Muay Thai. You were champion North America. Um, taught jiu-jitsu. You, 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 you did it all, man, in the Rockaways. Uh, this community lost a lot when you stepped out and went to Jersey by a lake of fire. I see pictures of you guys. My son says hello to Gio. How's how, your son? How's he doing? How's everybody doing? Yeah, everybody's great, man. Yeah, it's funny. We are... We are in Sparta and we are on the lake. Definitely no fire, but yeah. <laughs> we're, what, what's important is, um, like you said, like a lot of people went through some rough stuff last year. And, you know, the main thing was just knowing that we've been through it before, you know? <clears throat> Excuse me for a second. But um, that's right. You had Sandy, you would, you would. Devastated with Sandy, you guys rebuild, uh, but this was something that definitely it affects you. When somebody wants their money for the building, the rent, you know what I'm saying? They want it, and it's like the everybody. I guess everybody's looking for the, their money. I don't know the situation with you guys, but uh, couldn't do it, so you had to let go of the gym. What was what was that? I mean, what what did that feel like, man? All the hard work you put into that gym. What was that like, man? Well, think about it like this. It was uh, it was a dream that we fought for for such a long time, for 10 years. It was the 
one one of the toughest decisions to make about our lives. Because look, I mean, look what it look what transpired. We uh, we closed the gym and we decided that it wasn't something that we could handle at that moment in time. And like you said, financially, there were a lot of things that you know we had to take a look back. We we had to step back and reevaluate our lives. And you know, it was uh, yeah, the timing was right for us, but again, it wasn't it wasn't easy. And I still think about it to this day. You know, it's been what. Uh, how many, it's been a year since we closed the gym and it's about a, a year and a half since COVID hit. And I can't believe it's, it, you know, things have transpired that quickly, but, you know, I do, I miss it. I miss that, that part of my life. But again, you know, the, the key is, you know, things are going to happen like this in life. And like you mentioned, Buck, you know, when Sandy hit, it was, it was very similar. Like our dream got put on hold, but we figured out, we figured out a way to bounce back. This time it's a little different. We we're bouncing back, but like you said, I'm I'm doing things a little differently. I, I evolved, you know, as a as a you know as a coach, as a leader, as a man, you know. So take us out. You, you move away from Rockaway, and I see the pour of love on Facebook. Your wife Sarah, it, it, you guys. I mean, come on. I mean, you, I see it on Facebook myself. I follow you guys. Um, that hurt, devastated, and it, it hurt the community, man. Like I said you, before, we talked about uh, before the show started how to come into Rockaway and make your stand and make your presence and to build something that a lot of people uh, can't do. I don't care where you are, you know. You were from Rockaway, you grew up in Queens Village. Uh, we had you on, you know. I remember, like I, I thought DMX when he passed away. I thought of you because that's the stuff that we used to listen to when we were growing up, man. You know. Uh, but you came to Rockaway, made it, made it, made a name for yourself, and that was something that it's very difficult, man. I mean, you, you, you're kind of not an outsider, but you're somebody that wasn't from Rockaway. Establish something, bounced around, be able to re, how do you re, 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 redefine yourself in so many ways. Now you got to do it again. It's a test from if you believe in the Lord, it's a test from the Lord, whatever you believe in, uh, it's put in front of you now. The Dink Champ up, how, how did you come up with that? Like, I, I know that home, COVID was hard to do. People couldn't go to the gym, trainers and stuff like that. You took it to the internet like a lot of people. Can you explain what Champ Up is and the community now you have with the Facebook group and stuff like that? So people who don't know what you're doing now these days. So actually, uh, Champ Up, that, that started back in 2017 when I, when I wrote my, my book, Champions, Champions Uprising. And basically, the premise behind Champions Uprising is that, you know, the, the the struggles that I went through as a kid, and then as a young adult, and to make it into the fighting world, like, all right, maybe most people don't make it into the fighting world because that's not their dream. But the the key was that I came from, you know, humble beginnings, you know, a rough upbringing, you know, the the family was, you know, super dysfunctional, but. The message, right, was just that you can come from, you know, come from these humble beginnings and make something of yourself if you want to, right? If that's what you really want, you can, you can decide, right, that, you know, you're not going to let your, your disappointments in life or your self-doubt and your fear hold you back from becoming that, you know, that champion. And being a champion, I truly believe is not just about, like, winning it's not just about winning the belt and the and the titles and and all that stuff and winning fights it's about being you know like what 
what you and I are doing right now, being able to bounce back or any other men out there, being able to bounce back from these defeats. You know, when you get knocked down, it's a decision to get back up and say, all right, I know I got I got the fighting spirit in me. All right. Right now, it's you know, I might it might not feel like it, but it's in me. I just got to decide and say, all right, whatever setback or, or failure that might have happened, I'm going to say, OK, what can I do? to use that to keep moving moving forward. So that's that's what Champ Up is, is that that mission that all all us men are on. It's a Champ Up mission to get back on your feet no matter what. Well, that hits a lot of people at home, I'll tell you that, man. Champ Up is not just about exercise, it's about the mental aspect of, of, of a man, they're trying to say, right? It's the mental aspect that we all have to sometimes reach deep to find. And sometimes that's difficult because I lived, um, I mean, we all lived the same thing. Some people survived a little better than other people. Uh, people, unemployment rate is skyrocketed. Finding a job now, it's like, it's difficult for a lot of people because a lot of people have to change their their whole, uh, you know, career. It's not no more and do stuff that you probably don't, like, we're ashamed, not ashamed to do, but stuff that you wouldn't do now people are doing. Uh, that's thing. So the mental aspect, and and I, I love the mental part of, of it. It's that we all could do it. It's just about reaching that mentally. That's the part. Now, how how does somebody when they're down and out, and they want to try to rebound or, or for example, champ up or just be a better person, a better man? What's the first couple of steps that people do to try to get better? And when you're down, down deep down. Well, the first thing I tell the guys that I coach in my program is like, look, the past is the past, you know? Yeah, it's hard to let go of that, but you want you want to do that first. You want to say, all right, the struggles that I've been through, they're not holding me down. You know, those are, those are things, you know, those are instances in life where you learn from them and you learn about, you know, how resilient you are. So the first step is always just being aware, right, and not – you know, not trying to push down your feelings and your experiences and deciding that whatever experiences and feelings that you've had in your past that might have held you down, you want to let, let go of those and use them to, to move forward in your life. Like, for instance, like in my, in my book, you know, I talk about how, you know, my dad wasn't, you know, wasn't involved in my life. Right. And yeah, for a lot of us, maybe that might be the case, but I, I know of, of other men where because of a situation like that, they repeat that cycle of fatherhood. You know, their father wasn't around. So that tends, you know, they let that, you know, again, let that pattern come up in their life where they're not around for their kids. But for me, it was a decision to say, all right, my dad's not, you know, he's not the man or the father that I need right now. I'm going to do everything in my power moving forward that when I have kids, I'm going to make sure that I break that cycle and again, use that as fuel, just not use that as a, as an anchor to hold me down, you know? I think a lot of people do use that as not an anchor, but angry, angry at something, and they need something to point it at. Um, I know that I grew up with an alcoholic father, um, but he he had to re regain my trust. I mean, my family's trust. He was not there, but I made sure that I was not going to be that guy, if that makes sense. I don't drink. You know what I mean? I do eat a lot of food. That's one thing I do. I got to get back exercise and stuff like that. But, um, you know, the alcohol was something that I didn't want to be that. And for, for something like 
I used it as him, uh, kind of like him doing wrong, and and it was like I seen what he did, so for firsthand, and I don't want to follow that footsteps at all, man. Uh, he did regain himself, and that takes a lot, you know, for somebody to give back the trust to somebody. You have to earn that, you know what I mean? There's a lot of anger, and you think back, but I like what you said. You got to forget what happened in the past because the past is the past and we can't go back to change that he can't i can't i can't do nothing to change that so moving forward he he's definitely rebounded and, and I, I think he knows like deep down chris he knows he effed up he knows that i mean the guy had a baby at 18 17 years old he had his first son uh, i give him a little you know so for me i i i try to hopefully be a nice role model for my kids that they don't go out and do the same thing he did. But sometimes I wish they would have saw that. You know what I mean? Sometimes, Chris, I, I wish sometimes my kids would have saw what I went through and maybe they wouldn't go out and hang out or have a drink or hang out with the wrong crowd or something like that. So I guess everybody has to learn for themselves and stuff like that in a way. But mentally getting back to in the game, it is tough. It is tough. And uh, I see you put a question up yesterday, I believe, on facebook about how what's the toughest thing you had to do in life you know what i mean or something along that lines it was something along that lines i see people wrote different things and a lot of things kind of impact me too and i'm like wow there is a lot of people out there are so similar to me but when i look on social media social media is like the the highlights of your life not the low life shit you're never gonna see i'm never gonna see chris say oh i had a bad day today blah 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 worst day of my life i didn't want to get out of bed i felt like crap but you know the good things we'll post that and i think that we see that and we kind of like get a little bit like i want to do that like you see a family go on vacation to florida and i'm like wow i've got to take my family but you don't know how that vacation went for that family now I'll be the first to admit, sorry to cut you off, but I'll be the first to admit, life is definitely not perfect. And I I hope, you know, what what I'm putting out there in social media doesn't come off as, you know, I figured it all out or that I got it, you know, that everything is just, you know, easy peasy. I mean, that is definitely not the case because, uh, you know, again, over the past year and a half, you know, yeah, I, I battle those internal struggles of, of the, you know, fear. How can I, how can I provide for my family after I've closed down the, you know, the business and the gym of my dreams that that was my only, you know, that was my only, you know, stream of income. Right. I battle the the confusion and, and the, the self-talk that goes in my head that oh, maybe I'm not, I'm not cut out for this. You know, maybe, you know, maybe I just got to go back to, you know, working on nine to five, nothing against nine to five. But, you know, again, my when I first started the gym, it was purposely to build my dream. And, you know, when you give up on a dream, yeah, then you got sometimes build someone else's dream. But do I want to do that? No, I want I want to keep doing what provides, you know, happiness, you know, and joy for me. And and in turn, if I can provide that happiness and joy for myself, that that'll, you know, project itself out into out into the world and, and to my family. But yeah, I, I would never say that I've got it all figured out and life is just perfect, man. I'm, every day, you know, this is what I what I tell my guys in the program. Every day is a fight and it's, it's a, a battle to be able to control, you know, your thoughts and your feelings about what's going on because that's the only thing we have control over, right? 
Do you think uh, being able to share your fears, because you know men are very, we're like top of the apex, you know, man, I'm a man. And and like you said, I, I wouldn't believe that a, a Muay Thai North American champion is afraid of something. You know what I mean? Like, that's the part that people, I mean, I forget, forget about people, but us individuals, your, your students, whatever. To say, for you to come out and say that, you know, I, I was afraid that I'm gonna, I'm gonna put, they're gonna eat tonight, or where we're gonna sleep tonight. I mean, this the same, you know, we have all have the same problems and stuff like that. And I like the idea of you putting together this because people need that, man. People need, because people ain't got the people to call up. I don't have people I can call up and tell who. So sometimes you need a coach or a friend or whatever you want to look at it about, you know. Uh, that, that's, that's what I, I, I just, that's the toughest part of life, man. And the real, the realness of life. Uh, like I, I know I'm going through it in a way too, but it's like, I got to press on and I got, in a way I can't have anybody stop me for what I want to do. I have a passion and I sometimes expect like other people to have the same passion and they may not have it. And it's not fair for me to judge anybody either. But uh, with the show, getting a chance to talk to you, hopefully I can learn something in my life or change it around for many guests. Somebody, everybody can bring something that I can learn something positive out and take it from there, you know. So for me, talking to you is cool. I just like, you know, I just love having, I love talking to people, to be honest with you. I do miss you. I miss you guys down here. I'm sure a lot of people on social media are reaching out like uh, maybe you can come back or, you know, something like that along the lines. But uh, is there a thought maybe down the lines out in New Jersey setting up something like you had in Crom or you're not even that far even in the head? You know, that's a, that's a good question. You know, yeah, we get a lot of people asking us, you know, are you going to come back to Rockway rebuild or are you going to start up a new gym somewhere else? You know what? There's. You know, there's going to be times where, you know, you you really got to decide, like, is it, are you going to hang, again, it goes back to hanging on to the past. Nothing against what we did in Rockway. We we loved what we did in Rockway, you know, being able to inspire the community, help the kids, you know, the, the, the at-risk at kids that were, you know, that needed our help, that needed the scholarships to get in the gym and stay off of the streets and stuff like that, but... You know, everybody's going to have chapters in life. And I just feel like, you know, that was a, a beautiful chapter that we were able to, you know, be in the Rockway and meet so many people that inspired us. But, you know, we were also able to return the favor of changing their lives. But now it's a new chapter of moving on and saying, OK, you know, with what's going on in the world, you know, and now being able to just reach, you know, more people in the life for me. The guys that I coach, I got guys that I coach in Texas. I'm coaching a guy in Thailand. I coach, I'm coaching a guy in Puerto Rico. So, you know, again, nothing against being just in one location. But now, you know, the mindset that I'm, I'm trying, you know, the, the mindset that, that is attracting people, you know, are from all over. So that's, you know, that's the mission, you know, being able to take what I've learned through all the struggles and, and, and what I've learned through the fighting world and being able to pass that on to, you know, to as many men that need it, you know? So now if somebody's listening to this or watching it on whatever, and they want to get involved in your program, how, how would they look you up and how would they find you? Like, uh, cause I mean, these guys are finding you through social media or. Yeah, pretty much right now. That's why, yeah, the Facebook, you know, it's funny because while we ran the gym, I didn't spend a lot of time on Facebook, but ever since, you know, 
the transition started now now I'm on Facebook so if anybody you know is looking for you know looking for a lifestyle change because that like you said earlier it's not just about you know it's not just about the workouts you know it's really about the mindset it's about shifting your life because we've all been we've all been knocked down right we we all have been knocked down by what's been going on in the world and it's time to get back up and shift you know go from that that you know, ordinary world and move into an extraordinary world. That's why you got to bring back the eight count because people get knocked down and I want to hear other people that are successful because you guys, I'll be honest with you. When you started that podcast, it was something that I, I totally enjoyed because it was everybody in every type of walk of life, not just fighters. You had a lot of, get a couple of fighters on, don't get me wrong, but you had guys that were involved with um, hotels, guys who were involved with different, everything, man. It was all, and everybody struggles in the beginning, man. I think it's like getting, like just bursting through that ceiling and getting some kind of attention or whatever is, it's, you need, uh, and then you take off from there, man. Um, and, and not even just in the beginning, man, just throughout your, your yeah, journey. Right. Whatever journey you're on, you're, you know, that was the thing, right? The eight count was about, you know, guys that got knocked down, that got clipped on the chin in whatever industry or business they were in. But, you know, look at that. After after you know, doing those few episodes and look what happened just a few months later, everybody got clipped on the chin again and got knocked down. Right. And, now it's, and well, it's, it's funny. Yeah, we are we are thinking about we're not thinking about it. We're in the process of bringing the podcast back and talk about an eight count. Right. You know. We've been knocked down for a good, you know, half a year now. So it's time to get back in there. Speaking of knockouts, you were a fighter. You did Muay Thai and stuff like that. You ever knocked out? Wait, in a fight? Once. Yes, I've been knocked out. Okay, I never never had street fights. I never – what does that feel like, man? Is it even like something like – Well, I'll tell you. It's the most painless – I've told everybody that I ever asked. Like, it's the most painless thing you can experience. It's like – it's like waking up from a nap. You're like, what happened? <laughs> Can you explain what happened to you? You remember who threw the punch? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it was um, the story behind that was I fought uh, three fights against three guys from the same gym in Canada, and Canada has some of the best Muay Thai fighters, you know, in the world right now, and and kickboxing. Anyway, the first guy I fought from that gym, I was able to stop him in the first round. So I won that fight. I knocked him out, right? Second fight, they sent down another fighter. He was 6'4", right? And this was one of the tallest fighters I ever fought. And they sent him down to New York. He said, all right, basically, you got to get revenge for the guy, you know, that just got knocked down our camp. This was only a few months later. And uh, I was lucky enough to stop him in the the fifth round, right? Even though I was only 5'9", I'm only 5'9". And that guy was 6'4". I was able to stop him in his tracks. So then they decide they're going to send down their third, you know, their heavy hitter. And uh, they brought him. It was, uh, I don't remember the the month, but it was definitely, uh, it was only a few months later from, you know, back-to-back fights. And I was, you know, I was, you know, I was confident. You know, I was thinking, all right. And I let, I I honestly let my ego get the best of me because this guy coming in, he had a lot more fights, a lot more experience than I did. 
And I was like, all right, I got this. I can handle this guy. You know, no big deal. I, I didn't slack in training or anything. But I, in my mind, my ego was just like, yeah, I got this. I knocked out those last two guys. What do I got to worry about? So this guy comes in. His name was uh, Ricci, Alex Ricci. And he beat me up for a good three rounds, right? And, you know, he was landing heavy, you know, kicks to the body and to the legs. And he was landing shots to the head. And I was behind. I was down in that fight. I was down, you know, three rounds to one, pretty much. And Muay Thai fights are five rounders, okay? So come the fourth round, you know, I came out of my corner. My coach was like, look, you got to do something. You're losing this fight, kid. I was like, all right, I'm going to go. I'm going to go for it. I'm going to give it all I got. And I, I went at this guy, and I thought I had him hurt. And I was backing him up, and, and I swung with all my might on this uh, rear uppercut. And, you know, for, for some of you know, anybody in the fight game, a rear uppercut is a risky shot because you leave yourself exposed. So I came in with this rear uppercut. And, uh, again, I, I never saw what hit me. I just remember getting up from the canvas, you know, asking the ref, you know, what happened. And the first thing he told me was like, you're going to have to watch the videotape. <laughs> but uh, it was a, it was an overhand right that caught me right on the tip of the chin um, and put me out for a good, you know, at least 10 seconds, obviously. Now, what puts you out? Like when you get hit by a punch like that in the chin, what puts you out? What makes you black out, do you think? It's uh, the whipping action of your head. When your brain is, your brain is sitting in water inside your head, right? And obviously it's attached to your spinal cord. But when your head whips around, your brain, you know, basically it's like an automatic shutdown to protect the brain so that your brain is not whipping around with it. It does. It bounces around in your head. Uh, but if you have obviously enough water and liquid to protect your brain, there's not as much damage. And luckily, I didn't sustain any concussions or anything like that. But yeah, when your head gets whipped around like that, it's like a, it's like a, it's like an off button, right? Shut the brain down, protect it. Oh, so there, there was the perfect career. It was over right there, right? <laughs> Boom, it's done. <laughs> wow. What, what, what's your take now on these YouTubers doing boxing and like something like the Mayweather, Logan stuff like that? What does a, a professional fighter like yourself, over the, you know, retired now? But what do you take at that? Like, do you take that at full value when you see stuff like that? Um, no, I don't, man. I really think it's a, a blemish on the sport, especially for the young kids watching this. You know, all right, yeah, it's it's fun, it's entertainment. You know, people, general fans, want to see it. But for any kid watching this, you know. The, you know, who, who might be an aspiring boxer or whatever, MMA fan or whatever, what have you, they look at this and they say, oh, okay, all I got to do is just, you know, make a YouTube channel and, you know, gain a bunch of followers and start I don't have call, to- And start calling yeah. people out, right? Start yeah, calling, calling people, people out. out. And I, I don't have to work my way up the ranks. I don't have to earn my, my spot or my shot at you know, at the best. I mean, and look, Mayweather was ranked number, you know, I mean, he's been retired, but he's ranked, you know, one of the best that ever fought. So how does a guy who has, you know, never really done anything in the sport go from making YouTube videos to saying, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to make a, a shitload of money, excuse my language, and fight the best in the world without earning it, you know? So I, I don't agree with it, but, you know, that's just me. 
Uh, but you know what? The money aspect of it is crazy. These guys are coming in. Like I see this guy Logan and Jake Paul, right? My yeah. kid, my son watches. I'm sure your son watches and knows what with the Pokemon and stuff. He comes out with a Pokemon around his neck, not gold. And I'm like, what the hell is a Pokemon? My son tells me that Pokemon card, 300k. I'm like, yeah. are you, are you where, where's my Pokemon cards that my son had, man? I threw them all out or something like that. Damn. I remember my kids, you, your kids, I'm sure, played with the Pokemon Yeah, cards. oh, yeah, I'm sure. There's a what? bunch of them all in the house. Man. I'm going to start <laughs> looking them up, man. He came out, and I heard the guy saying, what, what, what kind of clown is this coming out with the Pokemon card? Um, yeah. I would never pay for something like that. Uh, I only pay for people that I know that. Especially the Mayweather situation, it's all about the money. Uh, you know, I watched the highlights of it. He's jumping around the ring. He's chasing them. Guys look, it's like, um, it's the giant uh, versus some, I, I think in a way it's going to diminish what Mayweather did. People are going to forget that. I mean, but he, I guess he doesn't care because money, it's the, it's the money team. So whatever he does, he does right, man. Right. But Somewhere. Yeah, I mean, he's he wants to stay relevant, in my opinion, which he's doing, you know, because he can't or he might not want to fight the real best in the world right now because, yeah, he's getting older. It's a young man's sport. And look, if you're going to make, I mean, I don't even know how much you make. What do you make on that? On that fight? A lot more money than me and you ever going to make in a lifetime. I'll tell you that, man. Don't get me wrong. I can't hate on nobody trying to make money. I really can't. But I think the true fighting fans – are not are not buying that pay per view. I think it's the kids, the teenagers, the younger. The sixty five million followers he has on YouTube, both of them. Can you imagine that, man? Oh, I, it's it's unreal. It's definitely unreal. But somebody, I don't blame Logan for trying to get a fight with this guy, man. If he can get it and make the payday like they do, I I I can't really knock it. Do I take it seriously? Absolutely not. Uh, your fighting career, right? As you're going along, and I, I know that's no big money in Muay Thai, right? I mean, you don't make money like that, like these boxers would make, I'm sure, in in North America. When does it come to the point where you say to yourself, like, I'm I'm too old for the sport. I got to get the hell out. That, well, it's funny you mention that because that was a tough decision. Um, that was back – for me, that was back in 2011 – and I was about 38 years old, and I had, we had just started uh, the gym in Rockway. Literally, it was like uh, 2011. We started the gym in Rockway in 2010. So, you know, no excuses, but obviously building the gym and then trying to stay active as a professional fighter. Um, I felt like, you know, my mind was, you know, I wasn't focused, right? So. The decision for me was pretty simple because, you know, my last couple fights, uh, you know, I, you know, I wasn't the the fighter that I was, you know, maybe five or, you know, you know, six years before that. Let me ask a question. Let me stop you there. Do you know you're not the fighter? Because I know some people are very uh, into themselves. They don't ever think they're not, they're done. Did you think that uh, maybe I'm possibly done at that point? Well, not not mentally. Mentally, I, I love the fighting, but maybe physically I was slowing down. And, you know, again, with uh, distractions, you know, again, no excuses. But, you know, I wasn't putting my, my 100% into fighting because what I was doing was trying to build a gym and inspire and, and bring up kids. So, um, yeah, I mean, my last couple fights weren't exciting. And I was like, you know what? I'm not going to – I never want to be the fighter that needs to be told, look, 
it's about time you got to hang it up, right? I, I So I put my ego aside and I said, look, I've got bigger things that I'm working on. I, I made a great run in my fighting career. I've done some, you know, some things that will, will be remembered. And, you know, but now it's time to pass it on to, to others that want to, you know, you know, maybe follow in those fa- in those same footsteps. So, yeah, it was definitely uh, a decision of ego saying, you know what, I had my time and I, ha- I had to provide for my family. You know, I, as a matter of fact, my second to last fight, my wife was sitting in the crowd, uh, you know, pregnant, watching me lose this fight against, uh, you know, this Russian guy. And I, I knew, you know, just seeing, knowing what she went through, being on the outside, watching that fight, I didn't want to put her through that again. So that's that's how and why I decided to say, all right, uh, fighting is a young man's sport, right? I mean, yeah, there are guys that, that fight into their 40s, but, you know, it just wasn't, it wasn't a thing for me. See, I wonder what it is with athletes, and you're an athlete, a fighter, right? I mean, you're a football player or a baseball player. It's you hit that age, and it's kind of crazy when you say 35, 38, you're done. I'm like 38, like how is? But there's something that switch, the switch just stops, and you know, you don't have it no more. You're a little slower, you're second slower, and stuff like that. Now you have two sons. Your youngest son is into what is jujitsu and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. He comes to you and goes, Dad, I want to go into being a professional fighter. Are you with it or you're saying to yourself, ah, you know what? What do you say to your son at that point? That's a good question. Um, Because he's a bad little man. You know what I'm saying? I see him (laughs) kicking. And and Jake says hello. So, you know, Jake says hello. Because I never forget when Jake went to your classes. And Jake is a bigger kid. He couldn't tie the belt. You... Tying every every practice, tying his belt and stuff like that. I couldn't tie no belt. You showed me a couple times, but uh, your son took him under the wing to make him feel comfortable, and that's that's goes. He's not he's he, he doesn't do that automatically. He's kind of taught that. That's what the way you brought it up. But I appreciate that. But anyway, fighting. Your son comes to you. He wants to be a fighter. He's 16, 17 years old. He wants to go to pro path. Are you cool with it or not? I mean, as long as he doesn't feel like he's got to do it to prove anything to me. Right. Because that's when, that's when things can get, you know, pretty hectic because you're going in with the wrong mindset. If, if he was going in to say, all right, I've got to prove something to my dad. He's again, that that's, that's going to lead him down a, a path. That's going to be, you know, it, it's, it's not going to be something that, that he loves. Right. But if he truly showed me that he loved it and really let me know this is this is really what I want to do. I'm, of course, I would support him, but I would definitely not be the one to say, hey, this is what you got to do because this is what I did and this is what, you know, the legacy of the family or whatever, you know, thought I would come up with, you know, or I could come up with because, you know, that that's, you know, I understand, you know, especially in North, like you said, here in the States, this is what it's about. Like kids want to do um, they want to do what they want to do. You can't force kids to do it. I mean, you can raise them the best way they can, but they're going to choose their own path. You know, it might be different in other parts of the world, but as long as I know that it's something that he loves, if he really wanted to do it, right? If it's coming from the heart. You're right. You're absolutely right. You're gonna, the same thing. I know, but sometimes like when you did something and it's 
a tough career or whatever it is, fighting and stuff like that. A lot of people don't want to have their son follow them in down the same, you know, maybe he, maybe he's the world champion of the world. I, I don't know. It's, if it's in his heart, you got to go with it. Absolutely. Yeah. You're his dad. You're going you're gonna to support your son in anything he does. Uh, last question before I let you go, because I don't want to have over a long time of a podcast. Five years from now, where, where, where do you see Chris? Five years from now? So Five years from now. Still in Jersey, and I'm building this coaching program to the point where, you know, we've got gentlemen and fellas around the world changing their lives, you know, saying, okay, if I want to provide for my family, if I want to be, you know, I want to excel at work, or I just want to be, you know, the champion of my own life, that, you know, that's what I'm doing. I'm helping, I'm helping these men you know, develop that mindset, develop that resilience, right? To be able to persevere. Because again, you know, I always say it's not a matter of if life pops you in the mouth, it's a matter of when and what are you going to do about it, right? So that's what I see in the next five years, you know, training anywhere between third, you know, coaching anywhere between 30 and 50 men across the globe. And again, just saying, all right, I can take control of my world. You know, I just need a little guidance. And if anybody's out there listening to this and they want guidance, it could be myself included, how do I reach out to you? Tell me the best way to, to, to get involved with the Champa program. So we have a website. You can go to, obviously, chrisromulo.com, or you can look me up on Facebook. So those are the two best ways. Chrisromulo.com right. is the website. And, yeah, just look me up, Chris Romulo, on Facebook, and let's connect. You could also catch you on Instagram. I, I, it's everywhere. You're everywhere. So, and I know that you you will answer back. Uh, <laughs> I I do appreciate it. I'll tell you right now, everybody in Rockaway, they do miss you guys, man. Especially everybody who went through with your gym. Not even this gym. We just miss. There's an empty building over there that should be filled right now. Damn virus, man. Ugh. But like you said, hit on the chin is how you get back up again. And you seem to be resilient, and you always get back up, man, before the eight count, before you're knocked out, except once. Except once. From a guy from um, Canada who came down, it probably was, he was like, hey, I'm going to knock this guy out. Remember, <laughs> one thing before we let you go. Remember, um, the, what's the show? What was the, what was the movie with Adam Sandler? Grown Ups. The second guy from Sasquatch. He's like, hello, ladies. Remember, he's the muscle guy. Remember at the pool? He's like, hello, lady. That's the guy who knocked out Chris. He's like, hello, ladies. But anyway, Chris, I do appreciate it. And I, I'm looking for the podcast, man. So when it comes out, let me know. It's in the works, Buck. It's, uh, it bet, no, don't get in the works. Get it going, man. Get it going. <laughs> get yourself going and doing it. If you need help with anything, and if you if you need help with anything with a podcast, uh, film, helping, digital, I, I would help you out. But, you know, I do I appreciate help. It. Come on. Appreciate you know what I mean? Uh, Chris, I appreciate it joining me on this. Well, I don't even know what day it is anymore. Wednesday, right? Wednesday. Well, Wednesday. Yeah. All right, man. Thank you so well, much. I appreciate it. It's an honor, man. It's an uh, honor. Thank, thank you very much. We're going to have some great guys coming up next week. I got Hall of Fame uh, jockey Mike Smith, who's won every race in North America, over $110 million in purse money. More than that. I got a guy, um, documentary, uh, his name is Darcy Ware, he has a, he's a documentary, he does about UFOs and stuff like that, so I'm really into UFOs. I got my guy named Carl, Carl Sup. he's a Bigfoot investigator, so if you, something interesting, man, I don't know, something different. Uh, and also, Tuesday, I'll be at uh, 
Cordettes on 116th Street, doing a little local interview there. So I got to get the Rockaway vibe and the Rockaway feeling into it because it was sponsored by Kerman's Bungalow Bar and Chili AC and Heating. So I'm going to have commercials as we go along, but it's going to come. Thank you, Chris. Say hello to everybody, uh, Sarah and Gio for me. And, uh, you know, God bless you, man. You know, you know, right, I'm, you know, I'm definitely rooting for you, man. Thank you so much, for brother. Sure. All right. Thank, thank you. Bro. you. Later.